0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Leeds Up Podcast. I'm with Hard Sport Tourist Rocco Dean. Hello, and also Dara Cunningham. Hello. So, Dara, you wrote Ireland's first module on sports tourism uh, for the University College of Dublin, and you coined the technical term for Rocco uh, travelling to Uruguay earlier last week, uh, known as hard sport tourism.
2: Is that right? Well, I I believe it was Robinson et al. 1993. (laughs) I just enlightened you guys that Rocco was a hard sports tourist because there's a a difference between hard and sport tourism. And apparently, if you're... A soft sports, sports tourist, you go and you participate in sport just by chance. Like it's like when you go away and there's a match on so you, and you're near it, so you may as well go to it. But a hard sports tourist is someone who travels just for the sport. So Rocco, nice. you are a hard sports tourist. Unbelievable hard sports tourist.
1: <laughs> you, you tell the words out of my mouth, Rocco. That, that's, that's the Leeds fan equivalent, the German Leeds fan equivalent. So yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's been a good weekend and we'll come on to that, but just rewinding the clock a few days, and uh, goal of the month: Joel Peru. Um, it should have probably gone to the team, but I don't think they really award goals to teams. Maybe they should. Maybe that should be like a spin-off, like best team goal and best goal. I thought he deserved it. And I liked that you called him Peru, actually.
0: that seamlessly transitioned cracking goal. On well,
1: it. What, what were the other options?: Well, on that, actually, someone actually wrote on our Spotify questions feedback and basically just said, "It is Peru. The O in Dutch sounds like i I'm a Leeds fan in the Netherlands. Whilst we're on it, Struik is not Stroik, it's Strouk, like Ouch. There we go. So uh-huh. we've all been, we've all been, uh, yeah, we've educated. all been told off there. Well, educated, yeah. That's probably better. That's speaking of handy. education,
2: we have got an educated man here in Dara. I'm glad I got the, the, the Strouk uh, pronunciation because I do, I do uh, filter between Stroik and Stroke on a daily basis. So now I know. Mm.
0: It's funny, actually. Me and my, my good friend Simon from the Kaiser Chiefs were chatting about, <laughs> about how to pronounce Rutter. And so, like, I've, I've come to the conclusion that it depends on how he's played. Like, if he's played bad, I'll call him Rutter. If he's played well, I'll call him Ruter. And if he's been amazing, I'll call him Rutter. And I think
1: that works. Never call him Jorginho, which is what he wants to be called. Yeah, we'll come on to that at some point. Well, when you so sorry, Rocco, I, I sort of cut you off, but you did say, "Did I see any of the other goals?" In all honesty, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't really care. I just wanted Leeds to win the award. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Oh, why was it only-
2: from 35 yards? So it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it
0: was uh, I thought it was just Leeds. a divisional championship mm-hmm. goal. Yeah, on.
1: yeah, of course it was. Do you not see all that? Yeah. Oh no, no, you've been swanning off, haven't you? I forgot. I was <laughs> gallivanting. Um, so this weekend was obviously a long round trip for our fan. Uh, eight hours whilst navigating storm babette uh, to see the canaries versus the peacocks uh, i just thought i'd touch on that actually because my thoughts on canaries they're a bit of a shit bird really aren't they they kind of look nice tweet a little bit but you have to shove a blanket over them just to shut them up don't you whereas a peacock <laughs> a peacock is a force to be reckoned with bullish and uh, they're sort of a law unto themselves which i think is kind of how the game went really
2: wasn't it i'm feeling underprepared for this podcast now you've you come to <laughs> I have to say, I was delighted when you support me up for this one, because my irrational hatred is for Norwich. I hate Norwich. I don't know why I hate them. <laughs> Maybe it goes back to them taking Bradley Johnson and Housen and Snodgrass and Becchio. I can't stand Norwich. I can't stand them. So this was a big game for me. And what a what a result. Get in.
1: That, that's, so yeah, going into it, it was kind of the battle of the Germans, wasn't it? It was Wagner versus Farker, and Farker's obviously got history there with Jing Norwich. And Wagner, I've got kind of like annoying memories of him as well, which is probably similar to you, Darren. That, yeah, I think it was 2017 at, when he was at Huddersfield, wasn't it? And he crossed the technical area when they scored that late, late winner, and Gary Monk was annoyed, wasn't he? I think he like gave him a little people's elbow as, as, he, as he went past I hated that. That was awful, wasn't it? It was like a last-minute last, last minute
0: winner for Huddersfield. Yeah. And he, yeah, he ran all the way down to corner flag. And then, yeah, Monk gave him a little shove. Pontus got involved. That was all good stuff. You like to see that, don't
1: you?
2: That was back yes. when Izzy Brown was good, wasn't it? He was played against us, I think. Yeah. <laughs> He's That's one right. of them.
1: He's one of them as well. When he scores, he just favours taunting the, the, the away fans or the opposition fans. Um, which always, it's always bothers me, that it's like, just go celebrate with your fans. Go on, but well, he's dead now, isn't he? So that's all right. Well, he's not dead. <laughs> he's, he's, he's retired, so that's that's okay. Anyway, so same thing. Yeah, moving on. He's alive. He's all right. He's quite funny on Twitter now. Actually, I quite like him. So bygones be bygones. And yeah, going into the game, obviously Farquhar had a, a bit of a not moan. I think it was all justified in the fact that Archie Gray had played ridiculous amount of times in 11 days or whatever it was and he was straight into right back and it's one of them where I kind of thought mm, should he be in or should he be left out but I don't think we should be the ones that should have to not play him so I kind of see him sticking to his guns really
0: yeah I was the same I'm just happy to go with what Farker thought
2: that was good as last week I don't think so. Anyway, but an interesting one actually. I pick you up on something you mentioned in the podcast last last week about you okay, know right, right back being the final piece of the jigsaw. You know we've used e. six different right backs this season. Well, exactly, and that's what Jed Spence is going to be. Exactly, going to solve the, it. The one to solve it. And,
1: um, and that's what that's why as well, Dara. I also said we're a Rubik's cube because <laughs> there's, a, there's any number of pieces could go into that position. So you know, <laughs> jigsaw's only
2: one. It worked. Yeah. <laughs> Gray was okay I thought I, I, I didn't think he was as impactful as, as uh, last week and got nutmegged early on which didn't look good on him but I think all in all he, he, he came back around and it was, uh, it was his true ball actually into Jan James in the middle of the park that created that chance for Ruter as well uh, not Ruter, Puru the one he should have scored so I think he grew into the game after maybe a rocky start but I think that is probably fair of a lot of players I think Rodon and Ampadu both had rocky starts the first 20 minutes
1: Gray looked like a player who'd played a lot in the last few weeks and especially against Hernandez who I think is quite good for this level isn't he? So he was just giving him a bit of a torrid time but I thought he was all right. Like didn't do any didn't really do anything wrong. But yeah it was good to see Nyonto back in as well. Like you said Rockham sort of forget that we've we've got him we've got an embarrassment of attacking players and it was nice to see him on the bench. And it it was it's funny because when they so, so Baron Cross I don't know if you've ever seen this the journalist for Leeds Live he he does a little video of the team getting off the bus. And I always watch it because you get a feel for who might be playing, who who's probably not there. And, and they were getting off the bus and like Nyonto was the the last one coming off the bus. And Daniel Farker was like ages, like where is he sort of thing. And then he finally came off and I was like, it just reminded me of, I imagined him in there a bit like, you know, the school teacher at the end of a trip and they're going around with the Morrison's carrier bag to get everyone everyone's rubbish in there. <laughs> it was a bit like that. And then he finally sort of came off and was like waved and there's a load of Norwich fans gave him a cheer. But yeah, nice to see him anyway. Bless.
0: The, uh, the bench was very strong. I was very impressed by that. And when you think about who wasn't even on the bench, you know, Cresswell and Gelhart and then obviously you've got Jed Spence and even like players like Dallas, Burko, God bless him. It's pretty amazing how, how deep our squad goes.
2: Yeah, like yeah. it's the first time in a long time since we've had proper depth in squad, isn't it? And the, the options we now have off the bench, I mean, it actually leads to the question of do we even know what our best 11 is? Because I think everyone would have a different opinion on that. You know, which, which right back would you throw in? But obviously, Jed Spence will be the one, but he's not there yet. Which two would you play on the wing? Personally, I love Dan James. I think he's been having a great season. But is there an argument there for Nonto? Is there an argument there for. Jaden Anthony, Anthony, who looked fantastic every time he comes on. Like, the strength and depth's fantastic. It's, it's great for a fan to actually have this. Like, And it was perfect, really, yesterday. Because we just went with that 1-1-8 one, one, formation at the end <laughs> and blew them away. And it just meant for great viewing. So it's great to have options again, isn't it?
1: The way I see it is we, we need a bit of serendipity and the right players appearing at the right time and the best players in a certain position playing where other teams, or not necessarily even the best players, but players that work the best against a team who are possibly weaker in that particular area of the field. And the reason why I say that is because I think the timing of Jed Spence coming would be very good if he's there for Sunderland because Jack Clark is absolutely tearing it up at the minute. And I think he's, is he one of the top goal scorers? Um, Maybe top assists he's got. um, I know it's like progressive runs, strikes top in the league, Jack Clark second. And you think "Mm, that's, that's someone who we probably need there to kind of stop that sort of player. I was just going to
0: say the, uh, the timings of the substitutions and how they worked were phenomenal. I don't know if, Matt's definitely jumping ahead. Um, but yeah, in the, on, on the subject of using players at the right time, you know, to make that double change and then, you know, we get the equaliser like within a few minutes and then made the other change bringing on Anthony. And I think we scored within a minute of that. And that's just the, the Midas touch
1: from Farkas. It was an absolute. Well, I see why you've jumped ahead, Rocco, because. Podcasts when we lose are very easy because you just basically dwell and get angry and it doesn't you don't really talk about the match. But when you're excited and you've had a good result, you tend to just uh, not you but we in general tend to just hop around. But but what but what I was going to say is the first goal was like so annoying. Like three minutes in, and you just thought, here we go again, like classic leads. And Dara, you you chimed in on our chat, which you know you, you always provide the stats. We we provide the rubbish. You provide the <laughs> stats. Uh, you mentioned that Duffy is Ireland uh, top scorer in the Euro qualifiers. He said he, he's lethal from corners. Looks like Gray or Ruta marking him. He'll score again if that's the case. They had a, he had a second one disallowed, didn't he? And then yeah. he obviously got the, the own goal eventually for Leeds as well. So he, he,
2: he yeah, yeah, no, I'd love to fiver on him after after putting that into the group chat. I had to put a fiver on him for, to score two at ten to one. But yeah, I was disgusted with that goal because it was a litany of errors. Like, first of all, Ampadu gets the ball nicked off his toe. Then the ball comes into the box at a good area. Rodon was trying to be too clever with his clearance and he tried to knock it to Somerville. Didn't go to Somerville, went straight to the Norwich player. They ended up winning a corner off it. And then, I watched it back, I think it was Pirou or Pirou uh, or Gray were marking Shane Duffy who I think is Ireland's joint top scorer in the Euro qualifiers because he just pops up at corners and scores goals. So I was, I was fuming at that because it was so avoidable three different times.
0: The second goal that he scored, that looked incredibly soft. Like, I couldn't spot any sort of foul. Did anyone spot some at?
2: Nope. No. <laughs> I got drifted <laughs> though.
1: Yeah, they're good always now. good. They're always good when they go our way. I was going to say, Dara, actually, do you know how many career goals Duffy scored? Uh, I do not. It's three thousand three hundred and thirty-three. Yes, right. So before before I get a load of stick from Irish listeners, right? The reason why I've done that is because Dara, for a long time, said to me and Rocco, "He's like, I just can't tell which one of you is which. You just both <laughs> you just both sound the same when you're talking." So I thought, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna time this, and I'm yeah. definitely gonna do it.
2: <laughs> yeah, i got to back you up on that one idea. I spent about the first eight weeks uh, talking to you guys I couldn't figure out which one was which unless <laughs> I could see who was saying
1: it. Well, uh, weirdly, sometimes I feel the same, to be honest. So, <laughs> I yeah, so yeah, annoying early goal and you thought, here we go again. And for Leeds, it was just kind of chance after chance, wasn't it? And there was, there was the Kamara one where he, um, well, we, we won it back quite high up on in, on the right-hand side and he played a lovely one too with Ruta. Ruta was kind of involved with everything really, wasn't he? And, uh, he was just so close. It would have been amazing, like a great, great goal for him, but sadly not to be. And then there was obviously the Piro through ball to Dan James, uh, missed an absolute sitter. Ruta missed what looked like a sitter as well, and Dan James blazed one over the bar. So was, there was four attempts where it was we were in, and we would have been, I think, well on top of the game going in at, at half time. But I think I said to you in our group chat, I was like disappeared before half time to walk the dog because I was was absolutely (laughs) what were you thinking at that point
2: I I was annoyed and I was annoyed for a few reasons because we were playing quite well and we just weren't finishing and even that Dan James chance like the move for that would have been another goal of the month it was Hmm. fantastic in our own half and then you get the real Dan James the one we saw at Swansea where he's just bursting through at a hundred miles an hour and he nicks it past the player and he did this weird shot with it if you look at it again He kind of stabs his foot into the ground as if he's, you know, if you're hitting a ball cross field with a bit of backspin on it. it was like that where you dig your, kind of the balls, your feet into the ground. I don't know what he didn't strike through the ball. I don't know what he was thinking.
0: He does it all the time. That's like basically how he shoots, isn't it? When he gets half a yard on that, you know, on the right-hand side and always lashes it and slices it. And yeah, yeah, he probably just tried to control it a bit more. No, he doesn't. Yeah. (laughs) Kamara's was a bit unlucky, I thought. I thought he just, Probably tried to be too accurate. Like, he didn't need to find the right in the corner bit. I mean, he took it nicely and struck it beautifully. But the Piru one was, he's got to go across the defender there. So, like, he let it come across his body and took it on his left. And, I mean, he, you know, probably was fine because he still should have scored. He just didn't whip the ball enough. But, yeah, I think he should have taken it with his right foot, kind of the the defender. The first defender that actually sort of missed the ball in the end. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was feeling all right now. Even 2-0 down, like I, I can't say I expected to win, but I knew we were still in it. You know, one game changes it. And I, I just, yeah, I'm just so confident in us this, this season that I wasn't, I wasn't losing my mind.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, don't think I, wasn't, I certainly wasn't thinking we were down and out, but I was annoyed and I was particularly annoyed at how difficult they were making it for us with their press. And yet our press, they were playing out of it so easily. For their second goal, I actually, I think I threw something <laughs> across the room, maybe a pen, whatever was <laughs> in my hand, a stuffed toy or something. When McLean even got the ball because we were pressing them and then McLean gets the ball and there's no one around him for 20 yards. And that had not happened to us for the entire first half. And he pings that 60-yard ball cross field. You go, oh no. Um, so I was wondering, what, what's, why is their press working and ours, ours isn't?
1: If anyone listening works for social services, Dara was looking after his children when he threw that toy. So <laughs> you, might have, you might have to do a bit of an investigation there.
2: All right, they were uh, downstairs. They were downstairs. Although I did, make the, I did make the baby cry when we scored the first goal because <laughs> I screamed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> worth it. Uh, worth just to, just to wind the clock back very, very slightly, because um, I was picking up, picking up on an undertone of Dan James hate from YouTube. I, I think Dan James is enough. He, he is enough I think I'm saying that because that's from like the Barbie film isn't it where they talk about Ken being enough um, but Dan James is enough I think he's re- like really good at this level there are frustrations where we think oh come on like you should be burying that but he's already created loads of stuff for us like even if it's not been a, a clear cut pass an assist or like you know an amazing goal or, but he's, he's in and amongst everything and causing so many problems I think he's a he's a brilliant player for this level Oh yeah,
0: I no no Dan James hate from me. Like yeah, his technique is questionable at times, of course. But I love him. I love what he's bringing this season, and I love that I feel like that as well. Like I really wanted him to do well this season, like fully, fully behind him. And yeah, like you know, talking earlier about what our best team is, I'd I'd play him at the moment, definitely. I'd 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 have him and Somerville on the wings and. Yeah, Nyonto has to fight his way in, and who's he going to uh, displace? Uh, you know, no reason that it should be James. And um, I think we probably, probably need his sort of speed and directness, like a proper, you know, out and out winger. Whereas the other side, Somerville or Nyonto, um, you know, likes to cut inside more. So, yeah, sort of different types of wingers. So, yeah, I think he's, he's got his place and it'll take some moving. He's doing great.
2: Yeah, same, same for me. Actually, I, I'd go as far as to say he's my second-favorite player at the moment. I absolutely love him. Behind Routar, of course, he was just unreal. But I, I absolutely love him. I love his attitude. I, love his, I do love his ability. I think he's great ability for this level. But when you look at this summer and those players jumping ship and threatening legal action and how they couldn't get away fast enough, and then you've got this guy who was treated like crap, and let's be honest about it, he was, uh, when it came to that Fulham move. And he's come back and he hasn't said a word. He's happy to play for us. He wants to play for us. He's been through hell for us. And he gives us 110% every game. Like, as a Leeds fan, I can't ask for any more than that. Like, you know, we, we, we worship Andy Hughes from that, from that Grayson team because he wasn't the best player, but he gave us 100%. Dan James gives us 100% every game. And he's been through the ringer for us. I really, I think we should start a Dan James Appreciation Society, to be quite <laughs>
1: DJ A.S. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I wonder if it's like part of our human nature where we, because we spent a long time going, ah, damn dude, probably, probably isn't good enough Shit him out. <laughs> 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 so then he's coming back and everyone having to eat, eat humble pie. Maybe it's a bit of that. I don't know. And he's but, involved
2: yeah. in everything. Is it like yeah. nearly every colour we score, he's somewhere there or thereabouts. It's fantastic.
1: So don't, I don't want you to think everything's levelled at you in this, Dara, but you're a well-educated man. you you need to you, stop you've saying got, that. <laughs> you've, got, you've, got, you've got loads of letters after your name. It's a bit like a Welsh village <laughs> after your name. So, Somerville, are we into the time frame now where it is acceptable to wear gloves? We're in October,
2: aren't we? <laughs> Another player who I have the utmost respect for. I think if we were doing a list of players who were going to cause trouble in the summer, Somerville would have been very high on that list. And he has done so well to keep his mouth shut, keep his head down and work on his game. Uh, so, no, full respect to Silverville. He could wear gloves, he could wear socks on his arms, as far as I'm concerned. Especially <laughs> if he's pinging curlers into the into the far post, like a uh, prime Mateus click.
0: It did take an inflection, though, didn't it?
2: <laughs> oh. Let's say no. Let's say no. <laughs> Can't believe it. You did that, I, think. I don't think it did, actually, because I watched it back twice. I don't think it did. Yeah, there's, a,
1: there's a few people saying it on the second one. I think it probably maybe took a little clip maybe I mean you'd have to get what's that little wicket not that little camera thing that they have at the cricket what's that called Super. is it super edge or something like that isn't it something like that
2: I watched the rotation yeah. I watched the revolutions on the ball because it, it, hit, it hit the post and went in at a weird angle and if you watch the ball the ball is definitely spinning in the way he would have kicked it so I'm going to say that was... And you're
0: an educated man,
1: so... Exactly. (laughs) Not
2: not (laughs) physics, though. Not physics. Sports management. (laughs) No No physics.
1: Rocco, didn't you get a protractor out last season? I'm sure you did, didn't you? (laughs) It was
0: the season before, yeah. It was for Harrison's. (laughs) The goal that kept us up at Brentford was a way my own goal I worked
1: out, yeah. Right, next next week, tell us what the protractor says. So, I mean, Somerville's first goal was a... Well, it was a, a Leeds... Corner that actually worked for a change, which was uh, a, <laughs> which was remarkable in itself. But the thing that I was noticing all afternoon was, and we saw it at Millwall first of all. But it seems to be happening more, happening more and more each game now. Is that every time we're through on an attack, you get these crazy di- diagonal runs from forwards. And if you've not spotted it, keep if anyone listening hasn't spotted it, I look out for it. And you'll see that when it's usually when one of the wingers are about to cut inside, you get a diagonal run from someone. I think Jaden and Anthony, even when he came on, he was doing it as well. So you can see how how drilled into the team it is, and I thought that was really impressive because it's really causing tons of chaos for um, opposition defence. So it's yeah, it's lovely to see it all coming together. That yeah, that
0: third goal. I mean, Anthony practically deserves an assist, but we can't take it off Ruta for that, another magnificent curled side footed ball. But um, yeah, the way he, he ran across, it completely bamboozled the keeper. And um, you know, the keeper didn't even go for it in the end. It was, yeah, it was all about. Well, it's not all about that, but I was like, yeah, not to be understated.
2: Yeah, it was a bit of class, really. I mean, it was a great goal, all, all in all. Great ball from Root and then when when Somerville just steps inside, you think he's going to take another touch, but he just shoots early into the bottom corner, and just that's it, easy goal. And it makes you wonder why didn't we do that in the first half, or I get you know for the last ten years because Leeds have this habit of getting into that position and blazing it over the bar, when really sometimes you just need to stroke your foot through the ball and slide it into the bottom corner great goal really great goal all these would, years
1: we've wasted not playing eight up front that was the answer <laughs> all I well well coming on to that I was just thinking it, they're kind of blood boiling changes from Farker, weren't they where he's a bit like right these guys sack me in the away changing room in front of all the players which is apparently what happened and I, something made me think because he's like really just wanting to go for this um, and it was like you say yeah Three five two, I think he called it, and it was balls out <laughs> football, <laughs> was it, re- really? And it was, just, it was just awesome, awesome to watch. And it, and it does make you think, like, could we do this for quite a lot of games where we just pin teams in? It'd be amazing to
2: watch. But Terrifying thing, at you know, times. <laughs> the thing about it was they didn't have a chance, really, did they? Like, uh, in the first half, they had a few chances, but that one Melier had to come right off his line, like 40 yards out to clear it. They had a few chances in the first half, but when we had the you know, sixteen players up front in the Bay any They didn't make any chances. So who knows? Maybe it's a new thing. But for me, it's, it's all, honestly, I think I think smelt blood in the water. I think he knew these guys are rocking. I'm just going to throw throw it all at them now and see what happens. That oh, was beautiful. It was so beautiful yeah. to get that result.
0: You you are right as well. So I looked at the momentum graph, and all, like not to 70 minutes is all you yeah, know, up and down, up and down. And then he gets to seventy minutes, and he makes that change, and it's all leads after that. Like they've got, you know, Norwich have absolutely nothing. So yeah, that's yeah, absolutely magnificent man of the match. Uh, well, now I'm definitely jumping ahead, but yeah, he has to get it. Have you done the first goal
1: yet? <laughs> what have we not talked about from this game that where we because we've excitedly jumped around? Is there anything we want to pluck first, out?
0: first goal. <laughs> yeah, we'll have a bit of that. Ruta, magnificent play again, releasing the ball at the perfect time perfect way in behind the fullback allows James to just have to take one touch to skin him and then all about the cutback from James unplayable into the corridor of uncertainty and a lovely own goal by
2: your man the Irish goal machine. Actually I'll back one touch, that stab from Kamara towards Ruter was fantastic. The ball was bouncing real high and he just got his studs on it and poked it under the player in front of him straight to Ruter and I thought that was clever that was really clever.
1: I'm going to take it back one more step as well. The way Farker <laughs> picked, picked up the rubbish on the bus, like from all the <laughs> players that left. That he was like, he's like get, getting chewing gum from under the seats that Nyonto had left there. He's just. Is this impeccable. baby
2: Farka, how far back have we gone? <laughs> Maybe we should actually. What else have we missed? Not sure we missed much in terms, of, in terms of incidents, but I tell Ruter is really coming to, into it into a four, isn't he? And he's just taken such responsibility on the ball. And weirdly, I feel so safe when he has it. Like those last few minutes when we're thinking about running the clock down. Anthony had it. Nando had it. I wasn't too sure. The minute it came to Rooter, I'm like, this is fine. He's not losing that. He just turns his back to a player, swivels on it. I have I've, I've three notes from stuff he did that he made me laugh. He's that good. He's making me laugh at the opposition. <laughs> I'd love someone who's very good at Photoshop, but if there's anyone listening, maybe they could do it. Superimpose the Dan onto Rooter. And the stuff he does is very like Zidane. He's like a young, he really is like a young Zinedine Zidane, and some of those turns. He's not doing it to be fancy. He's he's doing it because whatever way he's moving gives him an opportunity to to, to, to swivel out of, out of opposition way and into space. I, I'm, I'm in awe of him. I'm really in awe of him. I think he's fantastic.
0: A cross between Zidane and Alioski, isn't he? It's like <laughs> such an oddball, isn't it? Like, I loved that at the end of the game, I think it was, yeah, the very last action where he, he ends up on the floor and then he runs off like, with his <laughs> arms in the air. The camera cuts away, but I'd love to see if he did just sprint all the way to the fans. Yeah, I just love him. And again, just like James, like, I, I love that, that I love him. Like, I love that he's turned it around and it's just absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I can't, can't talk highly enough. Well, we, I can't talk as high as comparing him to Zidane, that's for sure.
2: Well, actually, do you remember the, the wood he set up for Bamford? The word Bamford kind of half-stabbed it towards the keeper. I literally, mm. my note on that is, WTF did he just do? Because I don't know, I no don't matter how many times I've watched it back, I can't figure out the bit of skill he does to get it back into Bamford's path. He's just doing stuff at the moment that's worth the entry fee alone. I mean, this must be what it was like for, you know, Watford fans watching John Barnes or something. Like, it just... He's he alone is worth the entry fee into uh, Ellen Road at the moment. He's just he's just so good and so fun to watch.
0: It's funny you say that. Actually, that that's one thing that I've I've i thought and not mentioned. The only thing that I can think that it like that I can liken it to that I've seen at Leeds is your Like you know that that feeling of like incredible excitement and you know like a guy and you know playing but in form that it just seemed to have come from nowhere. Um, you yeah, know that just you feel like he's incredible and I get that feeling. I'm not you know, we've had better players than him, but you know, it's sort of you know, it's been expected partly, you know, or whatever. But yeah, that that just all, almost unknown, out of nowhere explosion like that, that we've seen this season, I can only compare it to you, boa.
1: Crazy. It never felt like it was gonna come, did it really? Um We've, we've written him off so many times and i think we've always we, we were definitely always very kind to him because we always are <laughs> on the podcast but there was elements of us that were just like he's this isn't gonna work is it but i'm i'm dead sure for him like really really happy uh, just to make sure we get the creative brief right so we need a zidane router and Alioski. someone needs to make the blend
2: <laughs> yeah if at all possible out there that would be fantastic <laughs>
1: Good stuff. So, I know was Tomo wrote on Twitter, actually, or X, uh, the other day, that Leeds United have scored more goals in East Anglia than Sheffield Wednesday for the total of their season.
2: Uh, which is uh, brilliant. Very geopolitical.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Leeds, the, Leeds hammering it up in the arse end of Britain. Lovely stuff. That stat will probably stay true for a few more weeks yet as well, I bet. Yeah, it probably will, actually. Probably will. So, yeah, we've probably got player ratings and Man of the Match, have we, Rocco?
0: <clears throat> yeah, well, this is where I have to reveal that I didn't actually get to watch the match this week, so you two are gonna to have to take control of my bit that you are so, so keen to always blame me
2: for. Maybe for the best. I, I like slagging you guys every Monday or Tuesday about this anyway.
1: Yeah, I get my own back. I think we slag ourselves as well. Like well, a couple of days later we're like, why on earth did we put him down for seven? So yeah.
2: I'm still annoyed he is getting the same score as Boyram when Boyram scored a goal. <laughs> you spoke, you gave him both seven, so I'm still annoyed about that. Oh, actually, and on that, right, so last week you oh, mentioned about go. deleting drama, right? Because uh, you can. I think you should, yeah. right? Because remember when he went to Cardiff and he deleted us off his Instagram and everything else? <laughs> yeah, let's delete him. What's go- what goes around comes around, Cody. That's a
1: good point. Yeah, well, yeah, Dara's educated background says that's okay. So we will. <laughs> we will do it. <laughs> Oh dear! Right, go for the team sheet then, Rocco. At least do at least count as okay. Ian
0: Melier. who? I would give him a five. Five. Now the first goal was terrible, wasn't it? Was that a hit? Was, was that him though? Well, I don't know. He made himself as small as he could. I so thought I wasn't very. I thought
2: we were doing it. the ratings anyway, Rocco. <laughs>
0: Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> <And laughs> fairness. You seen the goals?
2: No, I'm I ta- joking. I- I'll be honest. I thought Melier was really good. I thought he made a few good, really good saves and interceptions in the in the first half. And then he saved a good free kick in the second half. I was going to go like, I was actually nearly going to go eight.
0: Wow. What about, yeah? he made a save in the second half where he just like pushed it straight into the player's path as well. And he, I think he was offside and blazed it over, but oh, he yeah, really gave him an open idea. goal. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, yeah. I'm going to say no more. <laughs> You're
1: really chopping this Melia tree down, aren't you, Rocco? <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell. I, 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 I do not like being harsh with players. I just can't, I really struggle to do it. So um, I'm going to go for a seven.
2: Let's leave it at seven. Seven. A solid
1: seven. Cool. Okay. Archie Gray. Six.
2: I'd go seven. I'd personally go a seven. I think he started off poorly but he's 17 years old. He's played about <laughs> 50 games so far this season. He's played out of position and he was up against a really good player. And then he grew into it and I don't think I noticed him for the rest of the game because he was absolutely fine after the first 20 minutes. Darwin's wins. Seven. Done. And left back is Byram. But he had a
1: quiet one, really,
2: by his standards. Um, I'd probably say a six. Yeah, go with a six as well. And I think that header out of play for their goal for the, the, the first corner, I think that was a, I'm playing here against my old club, and I'm not going to take a chance here. I think he could have done a bit more than that, rather than just stick a straight out of play.
1: Good point. Dara wins again. Joel Some Rodon.
2: Notes. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I don't think we were great at the back. I thought we did all right. And I think that's a collective thing. So I'm going to go six. I'm going to go six across the whole back four.
2: Spoiler. I would I would agree with six on Rodon. I thought it was probably his quietest game. But I thought Stroke was actually just as good as he usually is. I, I, I might be tempted for a seven on Stroke. Um, I don't use any responsibility for the goals. And he did make a couple of good blocks as well, actually. I've got a couple of notes in there for good block Stroke. Good block Stroke. Block stroke. Well, that's a that, that's yeah. new very
0: good Davis, isn't it?
1: Good block Stroke. Yeah, Dara wins is the, is the new term.
2: <laughs> We're all the How same team, different? lads. We're all the same team. We're all Leeds here. Leeds is the winner.
1: Last couple of games, I think he's come under more pressure um, and I think he's not struggled to get into games because I don't think he does struggle. But I think it's been a hard start when, particularly when he's under pressure. But I still think he was, he was really good yesterday, just not as good as he has been. I'd probably say a seven.
2: Yeah, I agree with that as well. I think sometimes it's, it's easy to judge players off their own standards and he's been so good this season I mean even though it probably was his weakest game for us he gave hmm. the ball away for the first goal and he passed it to Adameda straight to Adameda at one point as well but he covered really well for Archie Gray a couple of times and as you say by his own standards it wasn't as good but it was still better than half the midfield performance we've seen over the last two years so yeah seven for me
0: So Kamara um, he sort of split opinion between my mates uh, so what do you two think? I thought he was good in patches
1: like I mentioned earlier, that the build-up to that goal, I thought it was sorry the attempt on goal, I thought it was amazing. Difficult, isn't it? Because we really came to life when we had all of our attackers on the pitch, and that's where everything was kind of working through. So I don't know. I'd probably say nothing amazing, but a seven, I would say.
2: Yeah, if seven is a solid score, I'd agree with that. I think he had a decent enough game. He had really some really good patches. I think he's getting better. I think what's interesting is one of the things he used to do a lot of ranges will be kind of swiveling on the ball in midfield and just creating little pockets of space. And you can see now when he does that, it's not quite working as well, but he's smart enough to turn and to not lose the ball and just play it off. Um, so I think he's learning and getting better every game. But not he did anything wrong. He just wasn't particularly spectacular yeah. for the entire night.
0: It's funny you say that, actually, because uh, when he had his chance in the first half, that start, when he got the ball... He he stopped and it's like he wanted to do like a swivel, but then he realised there was no one around him, so he just like continued on. But anyway, so I'm James 10, Ten.
1: <laughs> no, I'm I for me, I'm gonna go. Oh, we've talked plenty about him, so I'm just gonna go straight in with an eight. Yeah, can't, can't can't can't
2: disagree with that at all. Involved in everything. He was involved in absolutely everything. Love
1: him. Yeah, seven.
2: Yeah, I agree with that seven. again. It's it's. I know I'm, I don't want to bring up a bag of worms here, but it's. It's just not working for me. When, I know that's so, a lazy trope when people say it because, you know, obviously when he does score, people go, see, look, it's, it's working. But I think it reminds me of Kiko Kassian that we thought he was an okay keeper until we got a good keeper in and we went, ah, oh, okay, so this is how it's supposed to work. I just don't think that that's working. There was a few balls across the box yesterday that you're kind of crying out for someone like Perot to just be there in the right position and tap them in. For me, I think it's one of those situations where if he plays up top or who creating in behind them, we're going to see the genesis of something really good. Mm. So yeah, I think we're going to get a lot of sevens out of Peru until we maybe make that decision. But look, it's working. But at the same time, we have probably the best squad in the league. So I think we're getting away with it a little bit. I know it's going to be controversial, but that's, that's what I think.
0: You, uh, point. Well, you never, uh, saw, you never saw Zidane playing on number nine, did you? No. <laughs> Crisencio Somerville. It's gotta
2: be a nine. Yeah. it yeah, nine. Gotta be. Yeah.
1: I mean, first yeah. half, I did make some comments in WhatsApp about Crescencio Somerville. Oh
2: god, yeah. How have you nearly got away with that? I was I was gonna <laughs> let you away with it, but since you brought it up. Well, I feel like I've i feel like I've
1: almost put bits of shame on both of you in this, so I feel like I need to fess up as well. I was getting annoyed. Like first half I was annoyed because he does that thing where he sort of dwells on it at the edge of the box is a bit undecided of what to do and he was just taking like pretty lame, I had a really lame shot and I just felt, oh God, here we go again, but second half, different beast, Uh, won us the game. Yeah. Come on,
2: what did you you say?
1: (laughs) Oh God, I've got to dig it out. It was (laughs) certainly
2: thrown back in your face for the end of the match by (laughs) myself and Rocco.
1: Lucky for me, WhatsApp isn't loading.
2: I'll I'll, I'll happily give you a a uh, it was something along the lines of (laughs) <laughs> Somerville seems to think his foot is blessed by God and that was just after he blazed one into Rosehead and in my notes second goal Somerville blessed by God it's true I, oh, didn't, I, I, it. didn't,
1: I didn't mean it in an ironic way I meant it in a
0: very truthful manner <laughs> that was to that working in our favour for once wasn't it you, you, you reverse jinxed him well done James <laughs> thank you and um, uh, finally the man himself Jorginho what are we giving him?
1: He got an assist, didn't he? Like, I am so tempted to give him a 10. (laughs) He just didn't do anything wrong. Um, If he'd he'd scored, I would 100% give him a 10. But I think a a 9, on par with Somerville um, easily.
2: Yeah, me too. I think one of the things that really separates this performance for me was his defensive work. Like, he cleared about four corners out of the box, just being that man on the near post and heading them out. And they were good headers too. Like, you know, they weren't soft striker headers. They were proper height and distance headers, he's just a joy. He's just a joy to watch and he seems like such a nice guy. He's happy to be here. But some of the stuff he's doing is just making me giggle at players. I haven't done that for about 20 years. Don't we always choose.
1: want... Ooh, I was just going to say on Route 2, we always wanted a, a Pablo type player that could just embarrass players and it feels like we've got him now. So yeah, mm. happy days.
2: i go as far as to say Pablo's my favourite Leeds player of all time. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. To put him in that bracket... It's early days, but I'm enjoying them as much as I enjoyed Pablo.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Substitutes, who have we got? Uh, well, we got
0: Bamford. He did a nice header. to. Uh, he got a pre-assist. Defensive header out to Rutter for the winning goal. No, second goal. Equaliser. Uh, how did he do?
1: All right. <laughs> Didn't do anything amazing. You know, he did his job. Uh, if he had a scored, we'd probably be talking differently. But yeah, I just think he did okay. Yeah, I'm, he was I'm, fine. Tom between 6 and 7, but probably a 6.
2: Yeah, I think a 6 as well. I think he, he had two good chances, both of them. He kind of fluffed it. the one he sliced at the goalkeeper from 3 yards out. Well, more than 3 yards out, but it was 3 yards to the keeper. And then he had a good shot, which I think was blocked and took the sting out of it. He's just lacking something at the moment, which is a pity, because I actually mm. really like Bamford. And I even said in our group, just, I, I think Bamford's going to come on and score here. This is a match set up for Bamford. But uh, I just, I'd like to see Let's see him get a rubber to green or something to change for him because it's just not happening for him right now. But I think that'll yeah. help. I think that, I think that, I definitely think, yes, it will help for him. Creator oh. in
1: chief, he got the, he got an assist as well, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. I think we get an assist and you get a, a seven. That's like your immediate jump up, isn't it? Uh, when you come on as a sub. But I think there's, there's something of Nyonto is where at full time I think, oh, yeah, he looks like he's really enjoying playing for Leeds. But when I'm seeing him play, I don't think he looks like he's enjoying it that much. And it doesn't feel like he's all in like some of the other players are. And oh god, that was like a Jesse Marsh throwback on it. Um, Jamesy e. Marsh. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I, yeah, there's something that he's not quite there yet. And I know he's had an injury, but I think there's more to come from Yonta. So I hope there is, anyway.
2: Yeah, I totally <laughs> agree. There's something just not quite there, isn't it? It's, it's, he's not having the impact that he's previously had.
1: Hmm. And he's got yeah. the quality. So what is it? You know, like that's what makes me question it.
2: I wonder how um, the situation, and we could actually talk about his agent in a few minutes. But that situation where he did hand in the, cre- the transfer request, I wonder if that's just impacted him in his preparation and it is just his general approach in front of people, where he may feel he has to be a little bit humble and a little bit quieter. But uh, it's a lot. It's a lot for a nineteen-year-old to have to take on.
0: Yeah, you don't know what <clears throat> what how it goes on behind closed doors. You you sort of assume that the players will just you know just accept that it's football and these things happen and they just move on, but yeah, you never quite know, do you? I mean, he played well at Ipswich, didn't um, In his, his comeback game. Maybe he's just rusty.
2: Yeah, it was his first game back
0: after after injury, so
2: I'm right there. I'm not he was his first game back.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, what about uh, Jaden Anthony? Does he get a rating for his brilliant
1: yeah. cross-field cross run? Yeah, his Forrest gumpes run. Uh, yeah, seven. I think he's a great player. It's it, It's bizarre. Why? He's just unfortunate, unfortunate that he plays for Leeds uh, in the championship because we are an embarrassment of riches going forward. So, yeah, I hope he, get, well, he will get some more game time. It's inevitable.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a long season and he is, he is quality. He is absolute quality. And he, in, in his brief appearances, he's shown me aspects of his game I didn't think exist. The jinking little runs around two or three players. He's, he's going to add something to us this season when I think injuries kick in and fatigue kicks in. So yeah, did you say seven? I think
1: it's I seven's fair. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. For the for the run that create a space for for a Yeah, uh,
0: and I think we should give an honorary mention to the two stalwarts, Ayling and Cooper. I don't know if they touched the ball, but um, we've heard in the post match Farker saying the uh, the influence that they have on the squad. The two club legends. Uh, good team celebrating on the bench as well before they even got on, and after the game as well. They, they're obviously like they're all
1: in, aren't they, Jesse? That's the thing is, like, they didn't, they were so, ha- they were the first ones on the pitch when that third goal went in and when Somerville ran over to the bench. And you just think, yeah, this means a lot to them. You know, they're not even playing, but they're there happy in and amongst it. That's why it just does my head in when fans get on their backs. I'm uh, pleased that Fark is kind of calling them out as well in that, in a match where, you know, all the credits could go to our attacking players, but giving some credit where it's due as well, which is fantastic. So good management as well.
2: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I said on Twitter during the week, or X, that I think Ayling and Cooper should both be getting new contracts. It's it's so important that we keep these players around the club, and I think they showed it on the sideline yesterday, how important they can be. And I know people might disagree with me on this, but in fairness, it was Stuart Grant said on uh, on Twitter that, you know, they're not helping us on the pitch, and it's all about what happens on the pitch, and sorry Stuart, I'm probably misquoting you there, there thereabouts. But for me, and I've worked with Olympic athletes, it's... Performance is never just about what happens from the start to the finish of the, the game or the competition. It's about preparation. And if they're around a squad and they're adding plenty in training and they're shouting from the sidelines, then that helps the overall performance of what's happening. And if we look back to the successful clubs, I won't mention the name of them, but you know Neville, Skulls, Giggs, they were never allowed to leave, even when they weren't playing, because you need a squad. And I think, I think in his last season, your man Gary Neville, played two games or something but he was kept around the squad because he just talks to people and he's in your ear now look we know he doesn't stop talking from Sky Sports <laughs> but, you, know, you, you do need these players they, they yeah. like, imagine Jan Perveda walking into the dressing room after uh, having that mural of himself painted and, and Cooper or Ailing or Dallas pulling him aside and going what are you doing you twat you know it just keeps everybody's feet on the ground it's really important
0: Such a young squad as well, isn't it? Like, there isn't much experience there. So, they are the only experienced players. Like, it's, we don't really have much of a balance. You know, the team's always really young. So, yeah, you know, you need some experience there. You know, what are you going to do? Sign
2: other experienced players to sit on the bench. So, yeah, it's it's a good point. We bemoaned Melier for not having an experienced player behind him for the last three years and saying that that was part of the problem with his performance, that he didn't have an experienced keeper behind them to give him any support so how could we kind of ha- say that about Melier? and we're i, I think we were 100 right about that i think he did need that but not think that it uh, adheres to the rest of the team so yeah that, that experience is invaluable
1: i think when we get older we sort of see it for what it is and we understand it but i think a lot of younger fans particularly just want the best players in and they don't really care and don't really understand what the depth of of quality and mindset means to a team and I was going to mention this another time but I thought now we're on the subject of Aylin because I, I, I'm aware that like we always kind of talk about him and sort of back him up and stuff but we put in our group chat a while ago um, around how many more games he's played than James Milner and he's like six mm. years younger than him and how many more minutes he's done uh, than James Milner playing in a fullback position and how tiring that must be for a player um, at 32 to have you know just played that as a Professional level consistently for a long period of time. And Dara, I, th- I think you had some uh, points on that in terms of athletes coming away from the Olympics.
2: Yeah, I was shocked by that style. I, I had no idea that Ailing had played that amount of football. It's, 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 it's quite frightening, really. And particularly since COVID, when the schedule has been so backed up, and then you've got internationals. And I know Ailing isn't playing internationals, so he gets a little rest down. But the amount of games players have had to play over the last four or five years is quite staggering. And what happens with Olympic athletes is they'll do a training block uh, for about three and a half years leading up to the Olympic Games. But as soon as the Olympic Games is over, they will literally take three months and do nothing. And three months for an athlete who's used to training twice a day is quite a lot. And that time is completely needed. And you'll have no argument from the international bodies. You'll have no argument from their coaches. Everyone knows that after a kind of a block of three and a half years, you need about three months off. And even when they come back, it'll be fairly light trading for another three months before they start even competing again. So this is what the top athletes in the world do. And yet, when it comes to the football players who are equally top athletes in the world, we expect them to just keep getting hammered on the pitch week after week after week and then not to affect their performance. It's just not possible. Um, so I think, I think that's exactly what is happening with Luke Hayley um, because he's far too young to be past it. Um, he just needs a little rest like everybody needs from time to time. And as I say, if you look at other sports and how it's done there, fatigue and rest periods are a massive part. Managing, sorry, managing fatigue and allowing for rest periods are a massive part of performance.
1: Interesting stuff. Uh, yeah, thanks for that, Dara. And yeah, so all finished at Norwich and Farker did a little thing around the pitch, little parade around the pitch, clapped the Norwich fans, all stuck V's up. You can't tell from the footage. <laughs> I presume it was the former, sadly. But And he didn't do his u- way of, of the Leeds fans. I mean, he, he played it a bit softly, which was nice, I think. Um, but yeah, stoke in the week, big game. They're not sitting well in the table, but they've got some all right results against teams in, previous, in recent weeks, should I say. So how do you think we'll do against them? Oh, actually, mm. Lewis Baker... And Dwight Gale play for Stoke, which I didn't realise until today.
2: God. Gale.
1: I'll not say anything about Baker because I, I will only goad him into a good
0: performance, any, any opinion I give on him. Uh, I think we'll win, but a um, bit of a bogey team for us, historically. We've had a lot of bad results there. Revy's team used to always struggle there as well. But yeah, Coldwin tonight at Stoke. I think we'll uh, we'll put that, that old stereotype to bed. Maybe a, a nice
2: 3-0, nice relaxing one this week. Yeah, just just give Ruter the ball. Let's just watch <laughs> the magic happen. Just give Ruter the ball. Uh, yeah, I, need, I think Leeds win. I, it's, it's funny, actually, because my nephew said, t- said to me before the game, would you take a draw at uh, Norwich? And I said, I wouldn't take a draw against anyone in this league. We are capable of beating anyone and everyone, including Leicester away. We are that good. It just depends on which team shows up. Uh, if, if even average Leeds show up on a quiet, cold, rainy night in Stoke, I think we'll have more than enough to beat them.
1: And it's Leicester 6, Leeds nil. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. I mean, they're the, they are the only team that I'm nervous about playing and that is it really. But yeah, I think on Lewis Baker actually, I was looking and he's hardly, like he's played and he's hardly, uh, obviously had loads of injuries and he's absolutely snapped. Like he's, he's massive, which always for me is like someone who's been on the injury table they can't do a lot of cardio, just get on the weights. Um, so yeah, his body matches up as well. So I hope it's a good night. Like you say, Stoke is a bit of a bogey team. Bielsa didn't make them. We've dropped his name in, haven't we, again? Didn't make a bogey team of Stoke. And maybe Farker, the XL bully version of Marcelo Bielsa, could dominate Stoke as well. We'll have to see. Well, I'll just have to correct you a bit because Bielsa did
0: lose in the first season. Against. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that, rocker.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but first ever Bielsa game, you know, come on. That's true. Nice. Well, that was, that was at home. <laughs> nice save, James. Well done. <laughs> cool. Yes. Anything else to add or are we going to wrap it up?
2: Uh, maybe, can we stick the knife into uh, Nanto's agent a little bit? And oh yeah, I forgot. Right? You You mentioned that earlier. I thought, what's <laughs> yeah. he got up his sleeve here? Uh, I don't usually like, you know, <laughs> wallowing or rejoicing in other people's misery, but your man Zaniolo, who's the other client of Nanto's agent, has been embroiled in that Italian um, oh betting God. scandal. Yeah. Good luck to the, Good luck managing that one, Mr. Agent. Now, in fairness to the guy, I think Zagnolo says he, he just did some bets on card games. But, who knows? I, I'm not a fan of Nanto's agent anyway for a start, so. Look forward to him seeing him try to manage that situation if his player is out for two years with a massive ban. <laughs> Boo-hoo.
1: He'll probably push Nanto for a move even more so than then, <laughs> probably, uh good stuff. Well, We'll see how the week pans out. We'll either be back after the Stoke game or we will be back after the Huddersfield game next week. And I am on holiday, but I will be watching watching the game. I've had to give up my ticket, which is painful. Uh, plenty of arguments from my wife about it, uh, but you don't need to know that. Uh, so yeah, Are you guys watching it next weekend? Oh yeah. I'm the same
0: as you. Him. You're away I, as well. I'm, well, no, it's my son's birthday and I've oh, got okay. like a million brownie points to pay back to my wife, so... I've have yeah, agreed to sit it out. I've not actually sent my ticket back yet. I can't bring myself to do it. I know his birthday's not going to move, and uh, I can't go, but I just can't bring myself to do it. I'm gutted, because I was really looking forward to that game. And yeah, the next home game's, well, not for ages, is it? It's like three weeks from now. So yeah, I'll be watching it, though. Don't worry, I'll be watching it and
2: yeah. Yeah, fairness Rocco I think we can't feel too sorry for you after having a week in South America I, I think as, as I said to you this morning you're not getting any sympathy points here pal uh, but you know I'll watch the game alright and never miss one but uh,
1: yeah keep fishing Rocco you might get some sympathy one day but anyway we'll we'll see you all very soon and yeah thanks for listening Network.